Tammy Nye with you here in the Green Zone on this chilly uh, Tuesday afternoon. Although uh, some of the extreme cold advisories uh, were ended earlier this afternoon, so uh, that's it's a bit helpful um, after uh, being in the red for all of Saskatchewan for a while now. But uh, all those extreme cold uh, weather advisories have uh, moved on for now anyways. As we continue here on the Green Zone, he's a little bit in a better mood today, ladies and gentlemen, after... The Dallas Cowboys lost over the weekend. Yes, it's time for football at four with Britton Gray. Hey, easy, done, done. Britton Gray, Britton Gray, Britton Gray. Football, football at four, four with Britton Gray. And the reason Britton Gray is in a much better mood today than he was yesterday is because uh, the Philadelphia Eagles got blown out by the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if there's anything that can make a Cowboy fan happy, it's watching the Eagles get destroyed on a Monday night football game against Baker Mayfield. I, I couldn't even enjoy it, Jamie. I was still too angry at the fact Mike what? McCarthy is still... Technically has a job. You're a lot. You took a little bit of joy. No. Well, I mean a little bit. Like a little (laughs) bit of joy. But not as joyful as it usually is. Because I'm just so irritated about the performance I saw from the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. It's still. It still burns. eh? Irksome. Still burns. And I love watching the Philadelphia Eagles lose. Especially big. (laughs) But I just couldn't find the same joy as I have had in previous years. Have you started a Twitter account yet on is Mike McCarthy fired yet? And just no, No. like every hour it's an hourly updates. Is Mike McCarthy fired yet? No. Do you think he's going to get fired tomorrow? I don't know. I think he and Nick Sirianni will be fired tomorrow. You think Nick Sirianni as well? That was an epic, epic train wreck that happened with the Philadelphia Eagles He made the move to Matt Patricia. That was his move (laughs) to Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator. Let's have him call the defense. Matt Patricia, who is one of those guys who comes from the Bill Belichick tree of, uh, oh, yeah, he's not Bill Belichick because, oh, let's hire him in Detroit. Okay, he's a defensive guy. No, Bill was the defensive guy in New England. Bill tried to have him coach offense. Couldn't do it. Came over. To Philly, they promote him to call defense. The defense was lost under Matt Patricia. That was Nick Sirianni's call. The only arg- I get that, but the only argument you can make for keep- having Nick keep his job is that they were in the Super Bowl last year. Mike McCarthy hasn't sniffed a Super Bowl. They haven't even gotten close to a Super Bowl. So that's a big difference there. And I mean, when I watched that game last night, at least the players didn't leave them wide open like the Cowboys did. They just didn't want to tackle. James Bradbury just didn't want to tackle anyone last night. They, uh, Them and the Cowboys must have had some tea times already booked and nice little NFC East getaway. Go down to Mexico for a couple weeks and just enjoy the offseason. That's <laughs> what it felt like. That, yeah, that was. And I felt bad for Jason Kelsey. Yes. Like he has been a captain of that team. He has been a, he's started every game he has played in his NFL career. 
he's one of those like he doesn't miss much when it comes to football. He's an Iron Man type football and a center. They're right in the middle of mayhem. He was the center of the team that invented the tush push, and it's his job to be the guy who goes low and gets piled on. There's like a thousand pounds of weight on top of him after those plays, and to see him on the sideline didn't even go out there for the final victory formation, whatever it was. I guess kneel downs for, and you could tell his coach was his longtime coach was beside him hugging it out. Felt bad for Jason Kelsey. That's how it's going to end for the future Hall of Famer. Yeah, absolutely. It really pains me that he's such a good guy and funny guy on the podcast because he's an (laughs) eagle. But it makes you feel like he deserved better. But it just, that team got broken. Whatever happened in San Francisco, they completely lost their their swagger, any sort of confidence they had in themselves. And it, it was just an epic collapse for the Philadelphia Eagles. But hey, Baker Mayfield, I'm on the Baker Redemption Tour. I'm glad to see it. Yes, uh, we're we're on the same page with Baker Mayfield. That's the feel good story of yesterday, the player of the the day yesterday on on Mondays with the uh, Steelers and the Bills and the Buccaneers and, and the Eagles. Uh, Baker Mayfield was the player of the day. Uh, Josh Allen, a close second, uh, you could say on that one. But I felt uh, because the how. Everything went down in Cleveland. He was eleven and six. He won a playoff game. Um, he's now two and one as a starter in the playoffs. They kick him aside for a guy with all these sexual assault allegations and give him two hundred. And f- I'm like, what? What are mm-hmm. you doing? And okay, Deshaun Watson is he a better quarterback, raw talent than Baker Mayfield? Probably, but. He's been dealt some tough hands with the Cleveland Browns. Did you see all the coaches? Yes, he, he had one. What he had a new offensive coordinator essentially every year. That's impossible. I think Cleveland said they wanted a grown up at quarterback, and so they went with Deshaun Watson. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Dysfunctional franchise is going to dysfunction. So uh, that yeah, we're go Baker Mayfield. Need him to beat Detroit this week. Because <laughs> if they beat Detroit next this week, you know what's coming on Monday. Although I feel the Detroit Lions will be in the NFC Championship game. Although that Buccaneers team played really well uh, yesterday. Despite the fact Mike Evans had his worst game I've seen in a while, he dropped about three or four great passes from Baker, and that's what really kept the Eagles in that game. But that's what I love about playoffs. You, you never know how it's going to go except for the fact it's probably Baltimore and San Francisco in the Super Bowl this year. Well, we'll see them this week. Uh, they got <laughs> to sit back, relax, chill, and and now it's real. Looks like Christian McCaffrey's full go for the San Francisco uh, 49ers uh, getting set for this week's game against the Green Bay Packers and uh, Jordan Love. But the Packers and the Buccaneers, two of the hotter teams going into the playoffs with the way their regular season's finished. And sometimes... It, you have to watch out for those hot teams at the end in the NFL. But let's go uh, Bill Steelers yesterday. Mike Tomlin's walk-off. What Drew and I disagreed. Drew says, bad timing by the reporter to ask about his future. As I pointed out, every other coach was asked about their future. Mike McCarthy was asked about it. Nick Sirianni was asked about it. Bill Belichick even gave an answer to the question after the final regular mm-hmm. season game. Mike Tomlin heard the reporter say, 
you have one year left on your con, and he was out. He didn't even, she didn't even finish your question. Poor timing or not? Not poor timing for the question. That's something you have to ask a coach as the season comes to an end about his future and everything. Now, I get why Mike Tomlin walked off, though. He's one of the more successful coaches in the league, and it feels like every year there's discussions, should he be moved on from? Every year, no matter what, there's the sports media, Mike Tomlin, he's done there, should be finished. Then they go on a four-game win streak to end the season and get into Mm -hmm. playoffs. Every year, it seems like him more than other coaches have kind of been written off throughout the season calling for change. So I get why he's a little more frustrated at being asked that. But, Mike, you get paid a lot of money. You have to answer those type of questions. Uh, The reports are he has told his uh, players um, today that he will be back as uh, the head coach going into his final uh, year. Um, They missed the playoffs last year. The last time he won a playoff game was 2016. That's a long time to have zero playoff victories. Uh, he continues to get winning records, but they don't win come playoff time. This has been, since 2017-ish, a pretty average football team who squeaks out the 9-8, and 9-7 and seven record. Which which can work against you as a, as a team, right? Because the issue with Pittsburgh is they haven't found a franchise quarterback or someone who's really that top end talent because they're always picking in the second half of the draft because of the consistency they have and, and how they always get into playoffs. It's that kind of NHL teams deal with it. If you're good enough to make playoffs, but never good enough to have a really good draft pick. Sometimes you're just stuck in mediocrity Mm -hmm. and it's, how do you, what do you do to get out of it? And a quick CFL note, some uh, big, and a literal big news uh, for the Canadian Football League. He's he's running it back. I can't believe this. Winnipeg Blue Bombers have signed Stanley Bryant to a one-year deal. Uh, what was it? Three straight, four straight, most outstanding offensive linemen. Uh, they were talking about retirements this year in Winnipeg. I was certain it would be Stanley Bryant, the left tackle on that offensive line, retiring. No, uh, he's coming back to Winnipeg. Very interesting to know what sort of contract in terms of price tag they are giving him because they have some big names they have to find a way to pay. And if you want to keep a veteran like that on who last year, he kind of took a step back, it felt. Didn't feel like it was the Mm -hmm. same Stanley Bryant. Did you really need to pay him rather than a a Brady Oliveira or a Dalton Schoen? So we'll see what what the plans are there. Yeah, when you you look at the free agency of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they've re-signed and extended the contracts of uh, Stanley Bryant, Willie Jefferson, uh, has uh, Patrick Neufeld, uh, Deatrick Nichols, some of their stars, but they have a long list of potential free agents and some big names on it when you uh, think of Dalton Schoen and Brady Oliveira as the top guys. But Stanley Bryant uh, will be back in Winnipeg. That's Football at Four with Britton Gray uh, here on the Green Zone. Also, uh, Britton has had you covered on the uh, the real news today from mm-hmm. Real District that Tim Reed is out as CEO and president. What did Nick, You were there, Nicky Anderson. Yep. He's the guy who, like, he was the guy who was in charge of bringing concerts and major sporting events and everything else with real. This is a big deal for sporting communities. The Cooperator Center is a big deal in Regina with all those hockey rinks that they run and 
uh, soccer facilities and everything else. So what's uh, what's the way forward here for real? Well, they, they just thought that at the top of it all, they needed a new, a new voice, new set of eyes up top. So that's why they've elected to remove Tim Reed from it. And the, the reasons are essentially real right now is in financial troubles. There feels like a disconnect between what real is and what the city wants it to be and kind of how they can continue to uh, have a working relationship with a full understanding of what real is supposed to be. And then also it, the credibility it's, they said that there's a credibility issue right now with real in terms of reputation due to the recent uh, just things going on. Of course, the the tourism Regina rebrand fiasco. Uh, all of a sudden, the budget out of nowhere inflating by five times. There are issues, and they feel like in order to for the board to show that they are serious about wanting to make changes, you you had to make this change. It almost feels like, right? It, mm-hmm. And that's what they also agreed with was they need someone else to sh- come in and uh, fix what's going on with the real. Uh, Britain has had you covered on that at cjmb.com and ckom.com for all those details on changes at the real district in Regina where the Brandt Center and Mosaic Stadium, of course, is home. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I with you here in the green zone, of course, very much curling season. The Viterra Scotties going on in Tisdale, all set, ready to go. Tomorrow night is uh, first rocks for uh, the women trying to represent Saskatchewan at the uh, Scotties Tournament of Hearts and the Nationals. We'll be talking to one of the young up-and-coming skips in the province. One of the top-ranked teams in the province uh, was at their first Viterra Scotties last year made it to the final four and that is skip skylar ackerman will be on the green zone uh, just past five o'clock and of course uh, the tanker going on at the nutana in early february i'll be able to be there we're taking the show there for a day uh, at the tankard then we're going to head over to the kinsman dinner the next day with uh, jose bautista buck martinez jamie campbell uh, in saskatoon in early february and then, of course, the Briar, right in Regina as uh, the best men in the nation. Uh, we'll try to win a national championship, and we'll have you covered that week as well. Jamie and I with the year in the green zone. Uh, Steve uh, was like an actual Steve uh, texted us, not Steve from Regina that we just gave uh, to the anonymous texters who don't include their name here on the green zone, but an act like someone who actually claims their name is Steve Um, was asking, was Tim Reed fired with cause to prevent a severance? Uh, No, Uh, he was fired without cause. This was just the decision to move on with different leadership at real district. Uh, That is the area in Regina that houses Mosaic Stadium the Brandt Center, home of the Regina Pats, uh, also has Cooperators Center, uh, which is has all those rinks, ice rinks, including the home of uh, the Cougars uh, hockey. So a change of the person at the top running those facilities. Also the man tasked of, to bring some major events, which have happened uh, in Saskatchewan. 
uh, the Grey Cup. We was part of that with the Rough Riders and everything else. So as for the promise of a lot of summer concerts at Mosaic Stadium, which I know has been a bone of contention with some... What is this multi-purpose facility that we spent $270 million to build? Where are all the major events for that thing? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of there with you going, are we getting any more you know, major concerts coming through? Or are they just gonna be watching them skip over and go to Winnipeg and other places? So a changing of the guard at real. Uh, thanks to Steve for the text. Uh, you can read more at cjme.com, C-K-O-M uh, dot com. But right now, we're going to talk some hockey. Get in the fast lane, Kramer. The bingo game is ready to roll. It's time to drop the gloves. Watch the lawsuit, Ty. Watch the lawsuit. But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. A tremendous, of course, in Chicago with the uh, San Jose Sharks uh, tonight. So he's uh, over at the rink. Uh, but some of the headlines in the NHL, the game is going to be Edmonton and Toronto tonight. People will be watching, of course, uh, with the Oilers' 11-game win streak against the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, two teams who have similar problems. They, have, they can put the puck in the net. It's keeping the puck out of the net. That is an issue. Of course, the Oilers doing a better job of that lately but the other big headline today for canadian teams is the winnipeg jets maybe a little earlier than expected but sniper kyle connor returns to the lineup for the winnipeg jets against the uh, new york islanders Uh, he still leads the jets with 17 goals even though he's missed 16 games um so we'll see what the jets uh will of course with open arms welcome kyle connor back to the lineup in winnipeg But a debate we had earlier on Truth or Trash Tuesday was goaltenders in the National Hockey League. And I'm going to simplify it to this. Who do you think is the best goaltender in the history of hockey? That's how I'm going to make my top five goaltenders of all time. Because Drew and I were debating earlier on Truth or Trash Tuesday, Marc-Andre Fleury, is he a top five goaltender of all time? He just passed Patrick Waugh. For most wins, he's second on the list, 552. Of course, Martin Brodeur is, he's 139 wins more. As Marc-Andre Fleury joked last night, I'd have to play 15 more years to get the Martin Brodeur. It's not even close. So, he's number two. Patrick Waugh, number three. Roberto Luongo, number four. And this is just an interesting thing. That means the top four in NHL history and wins, Brodeur, Fleury, Waugh, and Luongo, are all from the same province of Quebec. They, they ruled it. Like, you remember, Jose Theodore came out of there. They all idolized these guys, Jacques Plante. And it was on and on. It goes. So... Anyways, Quebec has ruled the net uh, for a long time. Drew would put Marc-Andre Fleury in his top five. He's not in my top five. And a lot of you are weighing in at one eight seven seven three three two on the greatest goaltenders of all time. I put Martin Broder number one. 
Others are put, somebody put a fifth. Um, Perry does say my top five are Broder, Wa, Tony Esposito. Uh, when it comes to wins, Tony Esposito is 10th all time in wins. And Curtis Joseph, who's up there in wins, though, Curtis Joseph, number seven all time in wins uh, for goaltenders. And then Marc Andre Fleury. Uh, my top five says Craig is Martin Broder, Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't even think he's in the top 50 yet in wins uh, in NHL history. He's still got a long way to go. But, of course, they play less now than they used to way back in the day. Glenn Hall, Dominic Hasek, and Grant Fear. I'm not going to start. Do I need to go on my Grant Fear rant? I talked about Jacques Plante being the Grant Fear of his generation or vice versa. I'm sorry. I can't put a guy in the top five greatest goaltenders of all time when all his wins came on a team with Gretzky, Coffey, Anderson, Messier, Curry, and on and on. And I know a lot of people, they didn't play defense. He was left to... He didn't have to play defense. They were scoring six, seven goals a night. Grant Fuhrer has one of the worst goals against averages in Hockey Hall of Fame history of goaltenders in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He does. Look it up. Goals against, save percentage. For Hockey Hall of Fame goaltenders, he's one of the lowest. He think he's lowest in one of those categories and second lowest in another. So, yeah, Grant Fuhrer's not on my top five. But they do have Marc Andre Fleury sixth. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Dean says Hasek is my choice for greatest goaltender of all time. Dominic Hasek was unbeatable for a long time. Says uh, Remo from Regina. Uh, following that one up, uh, Higgy from uh, Dundurn, greatest goaltender of all time, and I'll fight anyone that says different. Number one, Patrick Waugh. Number two, Martin Broder, Ken Dryden, number three, Dominic Hasek, four, Jacques Plante, five. See, this is, when you talk greatest goaltenders, you will have Hasek. People will say Wah. People will say Broder. Some will say Jacques Plante. Some will say Glenn Hall. Nobody will say Marc-Andre Fleury. So if he's not the best goaltender on anybody's list, he's not top five. And goaltender wins right now, are inflated compared to goaltender wins from Glenn Hall, etc., because there's no ties. Marc-Andre Fleury's got two ties in his career. And how many of those are shootout wins and overtime wins in Marc-Andre Fleury's career? Because Terry Sawchuk had 171 ties. Patrick Waugh had 131 ties. If they're going to overtime three-on-three in a shootout, how many more wins would Patrick Waugh have? Martin Brodeur with 691 wins at 105 ties. Again, Marc-Andre Fleury had two. So you start to go, okay, well, if they were ties in Marc-Andre Fleury's, how much decrease would those wins be when you're comparing era to era? one 877 Here's another. Someone called earlier. Tretiak, 
Trechiak, the goaltender from the Soviet Union, CCCP. Like, you look at what Trechiak had and the debate with Trechiak is he never played in the NHL. Was he the greatest international goaltender of all time? Absolutely, yes, he was. But he played a lot of those years where NHLers weren't going up against him. But as our caller pointed out, Wayne Gretzky himself said the greatest goaltender he ever played against was Trechiak from Russia. So he can go into the top five if you'd like. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. The all-time best goaltender has to be Ken Dryden, says Mel from Saskatoon. Where is Kenny Dryden on that? He's not very high up there on the all-time wins list because he didn't have a lengthy uh, career, but won some championships on some good teams. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. As Mark Andre Fleury jumps to number two all-time in. The National Hockey League wins at 552. Is he on your top five or not? This is the Green Zone on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I with you on the Green Zone. Best of all time. Love the debates. Ken Dryden says, Ken Dryden, eight seasons, one Calder, one Conn Smythe, five Vesna, six Stanley Cups. What else do you need to be the greatest of all time? Uh, someone and a few people have diminished Martin Brodeur because of the system they played in New Jersey. The trap game. Like it was easy on Martin Brodeur to win all those hockey games in his life. You know, for that to be successful, you needed a goaltender like Martin Brodeur to only allow one goal a game to win 2 1. You know how tough that would be? There's a reason Martin Brodeur was the goaltender in that system and a successful one because he was the best at only allowing one or two goals a game. As well as they were playing defensively, the other team did get chances every so often. You had, If you had an average goaltender, things fell apart. I believe they tried to bring that system in the Minnesota Wild. Didn't have the same amount of success because they didn't have Martin Brodeur uh, in that. And also, Martin Brodeur changed the world when it came to goaltending uh, because they had to put in the trapezoid because of Martin Brodeur because he played the puck so damn well. one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. John in Saskatoon says, I'm surprised no one has mentioned Gary Cheevers as one of the greatest of all time. Gump Worsley, Rogie Vachon, Glenn Hall, Andy Moog. Add him to the list, says Ted at one eight seven seven three three two eight two. A 5-5 for the greatest goaltenders of all time. Coming up tomorrow on the Green Zone, it's Hockey Day in Saskatchewan. It's actually Hockey Day in Canada uh, this weekend, but it's also Hockey Day in Saskatchewan. Canistino is a playing host. Tomorrow on the Green Zone, we're going to have another draft. Remember we did the Christmas song draft? We're going to have another one. But tomorrow we're drafting Saskatchewan hockey players. We will draft three forwards, two defensemen, and a goaltender. And you will decide who has the best line 
in Saskatchewan. It's going to be interesting because who gets Glenn Hall to be in net? Who gets Gordy Howe will be uh, interesting. And then we'll go from there for a draft. Who would you put at the top of your list? Help me out for my draft picks tomorrow on all-time Saskatchewan hockey players at one 332 8255 Our game of the night here on the Green Zone today. Well, we're going, as I mentioned earlier, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers will be the game of the night. One of the top teams in the East visiting the Edmonton Oilers who have won 10 straight games. First time in Oiler history, they have put together a 10-game winning streak as they continue to climb the standings. And they're chasing down L.A. right now. And could they get to Vegas? Could they get to Vancouver Canucks to lead the way in the Pacific Division? Uh, News out of Vegas uh, today, not good news, is uh, Jack Eichel's week to week. He had lower body, successful lower body uh, surgery. So Vegas without one of their top players. one 332 8255